You're listening to the You're Such a Catch podcast with your host, Aaron, <laughs> whose journey in dating and relationships is on full display for your empowerment, education, and honestly, your entertainment too. Welcome to You're Such a Catch. I'm Erin, and today is episode number 44, the last episode of season two. I feel like I blinked and here we are. It doesn't even seem possible. There's so much ground I want to cover today. These end of season episodes get me in my feels. It's a moment to really pause and reflect on all that's transpired during the season, how the show has evolved, how the community has grown. It's a chance to recognize and celebrate milestones, past guests, and everything in between. To old friends and new, thank you so much for tuning in, for subscribing, for being on this journey with me week after week. I obviously couldn't do it without you, but I also wouldn't want to. And to my YSC Unfiltered fam, I'll forever be indebted to you for believing in me, supporting me, and encouraging me to keep chasing my dreams. Veronica, Kirsten, Katie, Dion, Karen, Angel, Wayne, Kelly, Colleen, and Katie, thank you. I will be active on YSC Unfiltered during the break with episodes, blog posts, and updates on what in the heck is going on. If you'd like to subscribe to YSC Unfiltered, please visit youresuchacatch.com backslash unfiltered. You can keep close tabs on me on social media at youresuchacatch, or you can subscribe to my mailing list to receive email updates. I'm trying to be more consistent with that since the community always has positive feedback, like my girl Kirsten. She honestly made my day. She said, I got my YSC email and I have to tell you as an email marketing professional, it's amazing. A plus. Y'all don't even know how much that means to me. Love you, Keeks. Housekeeping, a couple of quick announcements. So don't forget this Thursday, July 22nd at 4.44 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I'm hosting a free mini workshop called Creating Your Dream Life. If you can't attend the live session, you can RSVP to receive a copy of the recording. You're Such a Catch is in the running for the 16th Annual People's Choice Podcast Awards for the category of Best Female Hosted Podcast. Please take two minutes and vote for You're Such a Catch. I will link both the RSVP for creating your dream life and a link to vote for the podcast awards in the episode notes. Now let's relive some of the most memorable moments of season two. Here's how it started. Mindy Scheiben from Married at First Sight season 10 kicked things off. Her marriage was a bit of a train wreck. (laughs) Similar to all of the couples, but Brianna and Vincent on season 12 that just aired, those matchups seem to mirror the times we were living in, am I right? Hopefully the experts can redeem themselves as season 13 kicks off tomorrow, but Mindy handled the cards she was dealt with grace. We're team Mindy for life. Now she's living her best down in Mexico, but before she packed her bags and crossed the border, we chatted about her season, dating after divorce, and the most discussed topic of this season, dating during a pandemic. (laughs) This was an uncharted water for all of us, and although we got better as time went on with navigating the how-to, It was all a big game of trial and error, one that we're still kind of working through. So are you currently seeing someone? I'm not. This quarantine situation has really put a damper on my dating life. It's tough. I'm talking to some people on the apps and stuff, but like, how do you even date now going out in person? I haven't done, well, I I did meet one 
one guy for a walk with staying six feet apart and stuff. It's just, it feels so awkward and unnatural. It is. It is. I've done the whole date with a mask and oh, it's already, it's awkward. Like when you meet somebody for the first time and I am a toucher. So I am like, I meet somebody and I give them a hug or whatever. And now you're like meeting with a mask on. So you can't even like really take in like their face or their facial expressions. And then I'm like, you can't hug. Do you elbow? What is that? (laughs) I don't know what the right thing to do is. So I agree. It's a little bit tricky right now. So I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself, but I know we're both in our thirties and I, I think I'm a little bit older than you. One thing that's tough, and this is why I so admire, again, you putting yourself out there for the show, is society puts this pressure on us when we get to our late 30s. Like, if you don't have the man and and the kids on the way, is it even going to be an option for you? So that's tough. And then you throw a pandemic in the mix, and you're like, okay, now what do we do? You know what I mean? Can someone change the narrative in, in society? You know, so we can just all take a, you know, deep breath and go, okay, as soon as this is better, and we can get back out there, but it's tough. Dating is already tough. The pandemic added an extra layer of challenges. Then I connected with Lauren Lagrasso, a multi-passionate creative who has a vast resume for her age. She's currently focused on singing and songwriting. Lauren's been dropping singles left and right during this pandemic. She tapped into her creative flow during lockdown, performing on Facebook Live and shooting music videos in the middle of nowhere. They look absolutely unbelievable. She took a break to laugh it out with me on Nothing Can Stop Her. Wait, so, okay, can I ask you a question? Before before Mm -hmm. you went on the date, Did you like make him verify how he's been quarantining? Because this is a thing that I'm nervous about. Like it's awkward enough for me trying to date after I haven't dated since I was in my early 20s. But now I have this added layer of trying to make sure that the person I'm going on a date with doesn't kill me by coughing. I was already (laughs) worried they were going to murder me, but now I'm worried they're going to murder me with a cough. So (laughs) how do you approach this? So I've learned that whatever somebody tells you, You can believe it, but they're leaving out a part of it. Right. Take it for kind of what it's worth, but kind of like expect that they've been around some other people or they've forgotten something that they did. So we had talked on the phone. I've done a lot of phone call dates during this time. I've done a lot of FaceTime dates during this time. I've done some Zoom calls. Um... But I think I felt like enough. So judging by his work and his work ethic and how he took care of himself and just like when we would communicate, you know, he was always out running and, you know, doing these things to kind of like take care of his mental and his physical Mm -hmm. health. I was like, this isn't a person who is going to put himself out there to, and he's also an entrepreneur. So his livelihood is based upon his health. And like, I will say when we were on the rooftop, he did have to excuse himself a couple of times to take a phone call. And at that point in time, we were still like six feet apart. Right. You know, like we met in the masks and everything. And it wasn't like he showed up in like a rinky dinky, you know, like the 25 cent, like disposable thing. Like he had a night, you know what I mean? Gorgeous mask. (laughs) His mask was simply gorgeous. (laughs) I knew when I saw your mask. (laughs) (laughs) Then things took on a more serious undertone when I was introduced to Delphina Ure at a happier hour Zoom event hosted by my good friend Kachita. Delphina shared the mission of our nonprofit KISS, 
Keep It Sacred Sister, as she gave the Reader's Digest version of her Why on Zoom broadcasting from an empty South Bay apartment, she mentioned she was moving. That evening, she would be relocating to none other than my hometown. It's such a small world. Inspired by her strength and bonded by the unfortunate circumstances we shared, both being survivors of sexual assault, I knew we had a lot to discuss. I fully support the mission of KISS and proudly became one of their first donors by purchasing 10 care kits. Thank you. No, yeah, I mean, you are a testament, and Kachita is as well, to what sisterhood can really do for the cause. The best way to support KISS is to donate a $10 care kit so that we can send a care kit to a survivor at a hospital. If you want to partner with us monthly and donate more or on a regular basis, that also helps us a lot. Following us on Instagram, Keep It Sacred Sister. We are also starting a Facebook group to open up the dialogue around healing. Our main Mm -hmm. focus is always on healing. We tell stories based on how you're healing. We don't necessarily give the attention to the trauma. We let that be your story, but we we let your healing be something that we share and we go deeper into. So Keep It Sacred Sister is a place for healing. And and that is what you saw on that Zoom call with Kachita and that, that event that we did. My sisters in this, we have all seeing the power of what sisterhood can do and believing that it is possible to be PTSD free, to be trauma free, sexual abuse, it does not define you. And it's it's an interesting thing because our, our society sets up our sexuality and our um, sexual activity as such a uh, key part of our identity. And when I was recovering, I had to get to a certain point where I decided to redefine my how I engaged sexually with with a partner. I was very sexually active during my healing time because I was trying to erase what happened to me by if I, if I just didn't have a trigger again, or if I just didn't mm-hmm. have a flashback during sex, or if I just if I just this if I, I had my own standards for healing, but that never really eradicated the pain. The, separate from Kiss, my healing story only turned into this freedom story. Personally, when I stepped into my faith and I stopped trying to heal myself on my standards, Mm. it took Mm. me 20 years, Erin. Delfina and Kiss are making great strides both professionally and personally. I'm happy to report that Delfina has met a wonderful man. We've chatted a bit through social media and I couldn't be more thrilled for her. That same day the episode with Delfina aired was also the last day at my corporate job. Like so many others, I was laid off during the pandemic. I remember those first 48 hours after receiving the news. I experienced the gamut of emotions, anger, sadness, fear, anxiety, then oddly, freedom. I elected to take the severance package over reapplying, going against the grain of everything I've ever been taught. My dad has a Ronism. Never quit a job until you have another one lined up. My folks weren't necessarily thrilled with my decision, but I had to make the decision that was best for me. I worked my ass off for 16 years in the car business. I was recognized in Automotive News as one of their 40 under 40 recipients. I traveled relentlessly for years in and out of airports and hotels, often forgetting what floor I was staying on. It was all a blur. My sleep suffered, my skin suffered, and this was long before we had to wear a mask when we flew, but mostly my ability to be in a relationship suffered. I was never home to go on a date. If a man asked me out, I had to say, how's three Tuesdays from now? It wasn't ideal. 
I had just finished eight complimentary sessions of therapy my previous company had extended during the pandemic. Without that, I think I would have been a mess. I couldn't determine what my favorite color was when I started those sessions. The week before being laid off, I felt like I had graduated. I had finished my last session with my therapist. I had found myself again. So the decision I was forced to make was easier than I expected. I remember that part of my homework from Sarah Centrella's book, Future Boards. Remember, she was a guest on season one. I had written out what life looked like five years from now. That entry is dated January 2020. Nowhere in that five-year plan was my corporate job. What was depicted was this podcast, writing, a committed and thriving relationship with an amazing man who gave me the title I've always dreamt of, Mom. Here I am almost a year later, so much has changed, which we will get to. And although it's scary and sometimes I catch myself thinking, oh my God, Erin, what did you do? I have never felt freer, more content with a decision or myself. I'm chasing my dreams. Then I met another girl who was doing the same, Michelle Russo. Michelle had just published a book, Suddenly Single, Modern Tales of Fairy Fails. We shared a lot in common from blogging about our days, being intrigued by paranormal activity, and our love for football. Michelle was a former Rams cheerleader, so of course I had several questions about her experience being on the field, but the story she shared about how she discovered a guy she was dating was in a committed relationship with somebody else takes the cake. The funniest thing that happened is one of the guys I was talking to for at least a month, month and a half. And you go through so many bad dates that when you find one that seems like it has potential, you're like, perfect. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done my due diligence. This is the one. This is going to be great. He just so happened to live out of town. There's a lot of stuff that can go wrong long distance. Not to say that people shouldn't do it. But for me personally, born on October 13th, maybe it's a little bit of like, unlucky <laughs> over my shoulder. I don't know. <laughs> For me, I had been bragging to my sister about this great guy that I met. I'm like, I'm going to marry this guy. I mean, this is, this is it. This is like, how please. He lives out of state. I'm like, I don't care. This is it. I'm telling you. Time goes by. We're at my family's house on a Sunday dinner. My sister is laying on the couch watching HGTV. Okay. And I come in the door, like ready for Italian Sunday dinner, walk in and see this guy. And I'm the guy, dating, the guy you're dating, the guy I'm dating is on, on HGTV, HGTV on house hunters with his girlfriend of five years. Like, what? What? I'm like, that's the guy. And she's going, that's the guy. I'm like, that's the fucking guy. I cannot watch HGTV. I don't know what the hell Chip and Joanna are doing. I cannot watch it without cold sweats. Oh my God. Oh my God is right. I would have died. Luckily, things started looking up for Michelle after she kicked that guy to the curb. She got married during the pandemic to a man who was a childhood friend. Life has a funny way of throwing us these curveballs, but it's all about timing. You'll hear me say that again. Speaking of timing, I met Rachel Rose through a mutual friend, Cash Grainer, in divine timing. Cash and I met in Kachita's front yard one time for no more than a few hours when all we could do was social distance and hang out outside. Today, she's one of my closest friends and has been a huge help on the business side of YSC. Rachel lives in London. Rachel is full of wisdom, but her kind nature is what really sets her apart. Both of us are Virgos, so we hit it off and she came on the pod to teach me Astrology 101. So let me tell you this. Let me leave you with this one. So all of these astrology, like you're going to be able to really deep dive into people in a way that you never have before. So on top of that, there's also like moon 
phases. So the full moon and new moon. So new moon is all about manifesting things. Like this is about writing like a manifestation wish list and being like, look, dear universe, please, I'm serious about this. And the universe is a bit hard at hearing because it's just like, oh, okay, are you sure you want this? You really have to every new moon, hey, I want this. I'm serious about this. I'm really serious. And I'd be like, oh, oh, okay, fine. I heard you were serious. Like I heard you this time. So it will give you what you want. And, and the reason why I'm saying this is because it took me really like bargaining with the universe with my rose quartz crystal and just being like, look, I really want love, like proper, unconditional love, like no more weirdos anymore. I had a whole year of like, the most beautiful, intelligent, ambitious men who were all emotionally bankrupt. And I said at the end of, yeah, at the end of, what was it, 2018? I said, universe, that's it. Like, can you just, I want someone real. I don't want this bankruptcy stuff. Like I'm ready for real love. And I feel like really connecting with the universe that way, knowing all of this astrology stuff, you, for example, got someone who you really feel it would be a perfect match for you, but in a heterosexual version tell the universe that, like, look, I want all of these qualities. I don't want this, that, this, this. You don't necessarily have to go through the houses and planets in that detail. But if you're that clear cut about what you want and what you definitely don't want, it's going to come through because as I said before, everything is energy. All the, the planets in the universe, we're all intertwined. Like it's, it's all made in our favor if we know how to really utilize the energy. So for anyone out there as well, write your list and get serious with the universe and say, look, I'm serious. And the universe will throw you a few trick practice runs to see if you really were serious a or not. A few, girl? I feel like the universe has been throwing me <laughs> tricks for about nine years, okay? But here's the thing. Like, this is wild. So I have, like, goosebumps listening to you talk because I am huge in manifestation and giving things to the universe and the universe delivering. Now, I feel like I have a superpower in a lot of things, like a lot of areas of my life. And... I know when I'm out of tune with it. This, the last couple weeks, so I was really in tune with it. And when I say in tune, I mean, I would think about something and then it would literally happen. Right. Or I would think about somebody that mm -hmm. I hadn't talked to in a really long time. And then that person would text me, call me something, reach out to me in some way, right? And I was like, oh, that's when I know I'm like in sync. Those things that are happening that they're not really coincidences, you could call them a coincidence, but they're really not. They're an attention you're putting out there and it's exactly. coming back to you, right? Exactly. But I've always felt like there was a block in, in why. So two things I, I caught from what you said. One, a good time to really hone in on that is the, a new moon. Oh, yeah. I've never paid attention to that. I Tell me what a new moon is. And I mean, I know we had a blue moon, but like all I can think about that is the beer with the orange. And, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's not what they're talking about. But you know what I mean? I'm like a blue moon. Okay. And also with that saying once in a blue moon. Yes. Okay, but tell me what a new moon is and when can I find one? <laughs> Listening to this bag gives me goosebumps because what I haven't shared in great detail, some of you know this, but the synchronicity here is important to notate. After Rachel was on the podcast, she asked me to join her coaching program. She was doing a beta group and thought I'd be a great candidate and I obliged and I'm so glad I did. One, I got to work with Rachel one-on-one. -on -one. And two, I met wonderful, like-minded women all wanting more for themselves from all over the world. And guess what? 
As part of my homework, working on my love life, Rachel had me do a new moon ritual. Now, this was in December 2020, a little over a month after our episode aired, and she had me write a letter to the universe, letting it know I was ready to receive love. Just like I mentioned here, we know what happened next. We're not there yet, but I'll get there, promise. Then my sweet friend, Rebecca Manley, who created the charming, humorous, and oh-so-relatable picture book, Alexandra and the Awful, Awkward, No Fun, Truly Bad Dates, came on to discuss dating adventures drawn out and the process behind writing the parody book. Always journal. So I, I think that's something that I've just done for years. So I don't exactly know if I was just trying to document, more trying to process. But one thing that I think is fun, and I'm glad you asked about that, is In the book, there are a lot of hashtags, Mm -hmm. and that was the character's way of, and it's not obvious in the illustrations, but it was the character's way of debriefing with friends. So I originally wrote it for them to look like texts, but the illustrations didn't lend themselves to that. The illustrations are incredible, by the way. I mean, I'm so impressed with Katarina Oliveira, but they didn't go in the direction where all the hashtags were texts. But in my mind, that's what they were. And so one day, if it's a movie, it'll be those little text bubbles of Alex being like, this, uh, this hashtag, see you never, or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think the way I documented and the way that I think I kind of got ready to write this book is I just have endless text to friends about how things went. There were so many clips from this episode I could share, but I chose this one because Rebecca mentions if her book ever becomes a movie in the short blurb. And you know me, I'm big on speaking things into existence. Well, let's just say earlier this week, I dropped a comment on IG responding to this prompt. Help needed. I was sent this adult picture book for a potential film adaptation. I haven't seen many of these before. Have you? Would you read or watch this? The wheels are in motion, Rebecca, and I am cheering for you. About this time, I was feeling thirsty. (laughs) I had watched eight weeks of Fox's Labor of Love, and I fell in love with Stuart. I was convinced he was the one. In hindsight, I should have remembered Rachel's warning. The universe will test me. Oh, I was tested. Stuart appeared to check all of my boxes. I was enamored. I slid into his DMs hard. He didn't respond, so I did what any sane chick would do. I deleted that message and tried again. (laughs) This time I led with the podcast. Oh, you guys. We chatted after the recording, then we went on a date. If you're a YSC Unfiltered member, you know the rest. Let's just say we weren't a match, but I wish Stuart all the best, and I'm grateful for the experience and the lesson. Just because you watch somebody on TV for eight weeks doesn't mean they're your person, no matter how many boxes they check on paper. I needed a good distraction after the snafu. What not a better way to distract yourself than go on a bunch of speed dates? So I partnered with Saberno of Online Dating Laid Bear and Jess from The Greater Dater, and we went on a mini speed dating tour. We started in Jess in my backyard, Los Angeles. Then we took the tour across the pond into Saberno's neck of the woods, Manchester. I'm not sure what was more fun, the actual speed dates or the debriefs afterwards. Funny how even though Jess and I were technically on dates with the same men, the dates were so vastly different. Saberno shares his thoughts on speed dating in person versus speed dating virtually, which I found his preference quite surprising. Dude, you had such a leg up in this with your accent and everything. Oh my gosh. Ah. Okay, so tell me a little bit about 
an in-person speed dating versus the virtual, since you have the experience of both. Because I only really had the concept in my head. I have a couple girlfriends who've gone speed dating here in LA. I would love to know if it's the same company that they used, Mm. but I can only imagine it being a little bit of a different vibe. And I really enjoyed this vibe, getting seven minutes with each person and people rotating in and out of the room, except for we know um, that seven minutes can be an eternity or it can not be long enough. Mm-hmm. But but what were your key takeaways and, and which do you prefer? Yeah, that is a really great question, actually. In-person speed dating is, is good. You get the vibe and the atmosphere of the bar and you turn it more into a night out. Because you go out, you probably, it, 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 that's if you meet a friend. You might have a couple of drinks before, then you might have, say, one during the event. And then you've got the opportunity afterwards to chat to anybody you're particularly interested in, normally under the influence of a few drinks, but at least you, you have that opportunity. However, I would say overall, I prefer the virtual side. Because oh. as Jess mentioned a few times in our debrief, it is more time efficient. and. Not everyone likes going to a bar. A lot of them are in bars with the company that I've gone to. And not everyone likes the atmosphere of a bar. Not everyone wants to pay like three quid for half a glass of Coke or whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah, in terms, it's definitely more cost effective. It's more time effective. And also, I think it gives more people the opportunity to feel comfortable doing it because you can do it in the comfort of, of your own home. And also it feels a bit like the competition is less because I've done, when I was living in London, I've done some in-person events there and you always get some dickhead who just lingers around on the girls for too long. And when they're only three or four minutes, you're like, get the fuck out of my seat. (laughs) If you're single and you haven't given speed dating a whirl, I say go for it. What's the worst that could happen? You get stood up, sit by yourself for seven minutes flat and take a bunch of selfies? (laughs) I survived that, you can too. Or try an in-person mixer now that the world is open back up. Just be prepared for those douche canoes that might linger for an extra 30 seconds when they're supposed to be playing musical chairs. Saberna warned you. My thirst wasn't quenched from the speed dates, not in the slightest, so I revisited a connection with Josh or GQ. At this point, I had turned my show into a dating experiment, leading guests to believe they were on to chat, but really I had a hidden agenda. (laughs) Just kidding, but it kind of feels that way reflecting on it now. Josh and I had met at the Vouv Clicquot Polo Classic in 2018. While most girls would have thrown themselves at Dean from The Bachelorette, yes, we shared a dance when we were supposed to be patching divots, I had my eyes set on GQ. He was so my type, dressed to the tins, he had this swagger about him. I quickly fell in love with this event. The black men were on point in their loud, vibrant suits with no socks and boat shoes. It was so good. GQ and I kept in contact. I mean, he shot me down hard when we first met, but I'm not one to give up. Rejection has nothing on me. I was a fan, and even if we weren't going to be a thing, I wanted him to be in my circle. Now I'm forever grateful because the episode I did with GQ, the last episode of 2020, is the episode that Jamar listened to after he saw my profile on Hinge, what he attributes as sealing the deal for him reaching out the way he did. So you guys, it all worked out in the long run. I prefer to just keep it straight up. I'm a very, I pride myself on being an honest guy, probably too honest. And just like, but I am who I am. Okay, so tell me then, when you date, what is your approach? Then how do you how do you meet women? Do you meet women on apps? No, for me, I mean, honestly, 
in terms of meeting women, I prefer in real life. I, I was on the apps for like a, for a little bit and it just wasn't my feng shui. I got catfished. Once. Tell me. It was like, it was like, how do you know? It was like catfish light. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, it wasn't a dude. It was like, it was a, it was a woman, but she was just like, she hit me with the, with the upper angle. So when I showed up, she was just to be blunt, a lot bigger than what she portrayed. And so mm. I was just like, oh, okay. She was still like pretty in the face and everything, but it was just not what as as advertised. And so I was like, okay. So I was Interesting. Like, this is kind of game. That's a ballsy move though. Like I'm surprised. I'm just wondering as a female, like I'm strategic about what pictures I post, right? right? But I do post a couple body shots because I want the man to know I don't just eat kale. I like a <laughs> cheeseburger, you know, like right. I'm like a customer of your beer. So I'm going to give that information up front. So that's interesting, though. Like that that's ballsy on her part to to show up. Yeah. I mean, you know, but OK. And so how did you handle that? Uh, I mean, I stayed for, for a beer and then but I was uh, I wasn't interested. So I just I stayed for a beer. I was nice and. I like left. And so apparently, what was that language that you used when you left? Uh, I'm no, just curious. Nothing. I just, at the end of the day, you don't, I don't think you have to be cruel to someone to let them know that you're not interested. And so I, agree. I knew she knew what she was doing. I knew what had been, what had happened, but I mean, we stayed for a $10 drink and, and then I walked right back to my place and was like, well, see you never. So it was like, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> But yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a mean person necessarily. It's just all about. I, I. I try to truly treat people the way I want to, the way I'd like to be treated. So I. I or how I'd like them to treat like my sister or or whatever. But I. I think from the apps, I, they just they just weren't really my function. Way I met. I met some some girls off of there, but I was only on there for a hot second. Like probably all in all, I was off and on. I'd say all in all, I was on there for two months max. And then I just prefer in real life, and yeah, and being able to feel that magnetism like when you see somebody to be like okay like i want you or i can see you like looking at me i'm very much i'm weird about approaching because i have i have a female dominated family i have a lot of like girlfriends and they have the the benefit of that is they put you on a lot of game so they've let me know like i've been with them when guys have been texting them and they're like why would she would leave me alone like why but they don't tell him that so it's like, how is he supposed mm. to know that you don't want to talk to him if you don't tell him that you don't want to talk to him? So I've developed a bit of a phobia of being someone who's giving someone unwanted attention. And so that just manifests itself in me sitting my ass back and not doing anything. You know what else has recently manifested for my boy GQ? He's going to be on HBO Max's F-Boy Island. Yep, that's right, ladies. Wonder which team he's on, the nice guys or the fuck boys. I'm guessing I just gave it away with that clip, but I'm here for it either way. After GQ was on, he redid You're Such a Catch's intro for me. Yep, that's him, straight from F-Boy Island into your eardrums. I just adore him. Mm. Last Christmas break, my friends Angel, Dion, and I were obsessed with another HBO Max show, 12 Dates of Christmas. I reached out to Kate Steinberg, half of my favorite pairing from the show, now fiance to Chad Savage. She shared some wisdom with me that I immediately put into action. For your girlfriends that are still single and like my listeners, myself that are mm-hmm. still single, like what advice do you have for us? Like we're, we're over here on a nap. We're not in a castle. We're not wearing yeah. like fancy clothes being styled by somebody. I mean, God, I wish I was, but um, you know, like knowing what you know now after this experience and knowing like that your Chad was out there. Like, you know, what, what little nuggets can you drop us? 
I would say that never settle. Do not settle. Even if you want to look past the little red flag or if something feels wrong or off or just just move on. Say no, move on because the moment you move on, you're going to you're raising your worth. You're raising your self-worth. Every time you say no to something that's not serving you, you're going to own your self-worth a little bit more. So even if you don't feel hopeful right now, or you feel like, oh, I'm never going to meet anybody, trust me. Like if you just stay true to who you are, own who you are, like raise your self-worth, like you're, it, it's going to come. And I, trust me, 2020 going on a reality show in a castle was not one of my goals. That was not on my list, but it's crazy how quickly life can change. So stay hopeful. I, I think we see it like day to day, like things change very quickly. And I love what you said about grad too, just being grateful for the things you have and always checking in with that. And yeah, I just, I mean, just stay hopeful, I would say, but gratitude is always a good thing too. Sometimes it's so easy. Sorry, this is a different tangent, but sometimes it's easy to just always want more or compare and and, mm-hmm. and it's hard sometimes not to realize what you always have, like what, what you have right now, sometimes just enough, but that was a different tangent. Well, that's okay. It's a good tangent to have because I mean, I I think it's so important too. And one of the things I've tried to kind of change my perspective on is instead of looking at being single as a burden, Mm -hmm. like what's wrong with me? Oh my gosh, I'm still single. Like focusing on like all I'm able to do right now while I'm single so that when I do meet the right person, you know, just like your life is about to shift and change. Like I'm sure there's things that you do because you're independent right now that you're going to have to, you know, morph and pivot with. And and it's Mm -hmm. going to be a little bit of a adaptation, which is, which is fine. But like, you know, while you have that freedom or whatnot, like take advantage of it, like do the things that you want to do because your life is about to change and, you know, you're melding Mm -hmm. with somebody else and that's comes with compromise and a lot of other things. And I think oftentimes, you know, when you're single, you just focus on like the lack thereof versus the, oh my gosh, this is a time to learn more about myself or, you know, maybe challenge yourself a little bit, do something that's outside your comfort zone. I mean, going to Austria to a castle was outside your comfort zone. I mean, you know, and, and you're, you're like almost rewarded for putting yourself out there and, you know, just saying yes to the opportunity. Oh, I just want to add, like, you're talking about like being single is not a burden. And I remember during one of my breakups over five years ago, I went through a breakup and I remember being like, what what do I want to do? And I remember being like, I want to try out for an NHL ice crew team, but I didn't know how to ice skate. I found a friend who taught me how to ice skate. Then I ended up making the team, which now become like, and I did not know how to ice skate at all. And then I, I ended up making the team and I taught myself, but and I met some of my sisters and best friends now. And basically just like situations that seem horrible, you can really turn into positive things and taking this time, you could, whether you're single or not, but when you're single, just owning it, like owning it and figuring out what you love and your passions and it all just, everything you do, whether it's a failure or it's a success, like it leads up to where you need to go. Then I met Grace Fraga through my friend, Lauren Kirshner. Grace is amazing, a comedian, author, avid dater, and all around beautiful human. She came on to share her experience with narcissism, something I didn't know much about. What even makes a narcissist? Well, there's different degrees of narcissism. That's, yeah, I'm not a psychologist, but I'm a certified relationship coach. So I kind of know a little bit. And my experience has really taught me a lot. So you can be narcissistic. You take a selfie. That's, you can say it's narcissistic. So that's nothing. 
Well, mm-hmm. we're talking about narcissistic abuse. So uh, some okay. people have narcissistic personality disorder. And what narcissistic abuse does is they gaslight you. Uh, they blame everything on you. It's more emotional and psychological abuse. That's the mm-hmm. worst part. I, yes, I had one that was like that. I was madly in love because they actually lure you by sweeping you off your feet and then they switch. I'm glad Grace was able to escape from this abusive relationship. So many don't and blame themselves for the change in the person they fell in love with's behavior. Grace and I have remained close. Jamara even invited her to be a guest in one of his shows, so I got to meet her in person at the Comedy Chateau. She had the crowd in stitches and me snorting up a storm. Around this time, some major events occurred. I had written that letter to the universe as Rachel had suggested. I did the new moon ritual with the sage and the crystals the whole nine. And lo and behold, 27 days later, I received a six minute voice note via email, a 59 second video via Instagram and a text message to make sure I didn't miss either correspondence. This bold gesture, what he's coined super connecting is why we're dating. We often play the what if game. What if he never sent those messages? We wouldn't know one another. We wouldn't have experienced all of these synchronicities these past six months. We would have missed out on so much. I love the first episode I did with Jamar. I manifested a unicorn because honestly, I did. It's documented. Aaron and I stated this long ago. Aaron has a very specific man, I guess you say, of her dreams, I would say, right? So she wants an African-American guy, a black guy. want a guy. unicorn. You call it a unicorn. I call it the unicorn. So Just she like wants, that one. She wants a black guy that has no kids, is able to party, but is also stable and has a good job and has no baggage, right? So regardless of race, it's a fucking unicorn because we're not 20 years old anymore. True. Then a man finds me who happens to have a tab on his website called Chocolate Unicorn. Come on, you guys, you can't make this shit up. This is the universe's handiwork here. This is not a test. My backstory is that I've been looking for the one for a long time. And you, you try to knock on as many doors as you can until she appears. And then I think this year started off and I was kind of like committed to like really being in a place where I felt ready to receive her. Not just search for her, but receive her. Like have her come to me in a way that was unexpected. And so I committed and I made the investments, time and money to do services to like really find her. Oh, like tell me about these investments that you made. No, I mean, these, you know, dating sites are free until you invest in them so that you'd save time. Mm-hmm. Not not just, it's, it's like anything. It's almost like business. You sift and you sort, right? When you're a professional. When you're, when you're an amateur, you beg and plead. You kind of like, oh, please don't, you stay with me, please. I'm amazing. Like, you want people to like see your worth, when you're a professional, your worth. And then it's just sifting and sorting through the people that are going to be a match for what you're trying to do in life, mm-hmm. right? And so I think I shifted. For, and I realized I looked back and I was like, it's not that I dated down intentionally, mm-hmm. but I, I'm a pretty intelligent guy. And like, I would settle for people that I, that weren't really, that didn't match me in the brains department 
because I just wanted to be with somebody. And it was like, mm-hmm. well, she doesn't have to be as smart or as witty or as funny. You know what I mean? And I was just like, oh, it's okay if I can, just, I'll just settle. But I said, what if I just like got somebody as powerful? What if I, what if I like was ready to receive somebody as strong and like in their own way, but, but like equally yoked, so to sense, right? Mm-hmm. And I just started changing my mindset around like, no, I deserve, I deserve the best. Like I deserve to have somebody that's like perfect for me. And like I'm, I know I'm worthy of that, and I had to, and I had to really assess that, that self worth, that self worth thing, because I, oftentimes I was like trying to people please and trying to like, look how amazing I am, like believe me, I'm really great, and it's like somebody has to like be ready to receive you as well, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I came into the year fully invested, committed to like really put out a good effort, treated like no, I'm gonna be a professional, I'm gonna. Find the one with diligence, with persistence, with consistency. And then on the app that was meant to be deleted, (laughs) I I saw your profile there and I felt drawn to you instantly. Just looking at your photos, I was like, I felt drawn. And you look like you you look like you were a fun individual, which I feel like I'm a fun individual, even though I know I'm serious a lot of the times. But I feel like I'm serious just about playing my my work feels like my playtime, but I'm serious about it. And then I saw what you did. And literally one of my goals for this year was to like really relaunch my podcast and be more consistent with it. Last year, I, I recorded like 15 episodes and I never released them. Like I still what? have them. I still have them. Uh-huh. And now I think I'm up to like 24 episodes and I haven't released them because I was kind of like waiting for the moment. And it was like, I had this plan. I was going to have my book ready. And I kept just storing up creativity and just like mm-hmm. waiting, waiting, waiting. And then to see you and like you were like doing it. It was like, because I went and I was like, I saw your profile and it was like owner at host of You're Such a Catch. And, and I was thinking, I was like, I was like, great name, great branding. And I was like, I went and looked up the podcast on iTunes and then I listened to Did it. Did you subscribe? I initially, well, I wanted to, I didn't subscribe until I heard the first episode. Oh, okay. And okay. then. Just checking, just checking. <laughs> so, so I was listening to it and it was like, but being in a different, like, normally I wouldn't go listen to like a girly podcast. That's not something I randomly do. It's just, there's a lot to do in life. And, but I was really like drawn to you and I was like, okay, let me go hear what she's about. And then I was just, I did my little walk and listened to the episode and, I found myself getting jealous during the episode. You did? Yeah, I found myself like being like, what's going on here? Like, I got to get to the bottom of this. And like, I found myself (laughs) just being enthralled. And then I was like, okay, this girl is special. I was like, how am I going to get in touch with her? I was like, am I going to have to like buy, like spend some more money on this app and buy some extra roses? And like, I was thinking about, I was like, no, because then I'm just like every other guy that, she, that she comes across on these online dating sites. Like, how can I set myself apart? Mm-hmm. Because I, I, am, I know I'm different. And so I was like, well, let me do what no guy's probably ever done. Probably for the first time in history, a guy had this <laughs> idea. Knowing that there's a small percentage that this could be seen as like stalking. Like this could be seen as like craziness. But I'm a, I'm a risk taker. So I, I figured out, I was like, you know what? I'm doing big things on this app called Clubhouse. I know there's a power to my voice. I know that my, with my voice 
with anyone's voice, you can speak things into existence, right? Hence manifesting things. Yeah. So I was like, I want to, I'm going to really put forth the effort here. I want to, I'm going to, and honestly, it didn't feel like there was any risk to it whatsoever. Like I didn't feel nervous about it. I just felt sure. Yeah. Like I was going to ask you too, like if it was the first take or. Yeah. I want, I want to take Drake did. <laughs> I want to take Drake did at least most of the things I do is like that anyway, because I have a way with words. Like, and I use words and ways and ways are the ways that I, you know. Yeah. So it was just like, I had like my talking points. Like I had my thoughts. I was like, I want to talk about that. And I was taking notes while I was listening to your podcast. I was like, oh, that's a good one. I was like, oh, that's a good thought thing. So I had those in my head. And even though I didn't like look at them while I was talking to you, I kind of knew what the points were because I kind of had them listed out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch that. I'm gonna touch that. I want to touch that. And like how I get there, I'll just let it flow. Mm-hmm. And I'll trust my gut. And I'll just. There's a saying: you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there's some things you can't say. Like if, <laughs> it could be the right person, but you can't blow it right out the gate. You can't jump the shark. And so I was like, I'm gonna let it rip. And hope and, and my prayers to the universe is that this will be received the way that I intended it to be. And something we would explore something from there. Jamar has been a fantastic addition to my life. He can crack jokes while I do my part. I'm the laugh track, duh. <laughs> He's helped me business-wise and challenges me intellectually. He's accompanied me on more adventures, embracing spontaneity, even during uncertain times. And he's shown me how I deserve to be treated. He does all the little things I've always wanted. He always reaches for my hand. He's a terrific big spoon. He always gets my car door. He's just a true gentleman. Now that's not to say our relationship is perfect because it's far from, but even through challenges, we seem to come off stronger and a better team. I always had a hunch this podcast would play a role in how I met someone. I just never envisioned it this way. It's expanded my horizons and changed my thought process on a lot. For instance, the silly rules I used to have with dating apps. I'd only date men within a five mile radius. He lives about 15 miles from me. Neither of us have ever complained about the drive. And also confirmation of timing. Remember when I referenced that earlier? Jamar and I had actually matched on Tinder years ago. He technically ghosted me. Well, we had never met up or spoken, but we had matched and exchanged a couple of messages and then poof, he left me on red. But it never would have worked back then. He was bald, kidding. (laughs) He was, but that had nothing to do with it. I just love his hair so much. But the timing wasn't right. He wasn't ready and neither was I. I would have probably resented him being exhausted from my travels and then having to drive all the way into LA (laughs) to see him. Timing is legit everything. One of the hardest lessons for me in this has been coming to grips with him never seeing me shine career-wise. He never saw me at the peak of my game in the car business, but rather as a struggling yet driven entrepreneur who's still finding her way. This was a major hangup, and I allowed my own insecurities to almost sabotage a good thing. But then I reminded myself, He fell in love with me by hearing my voice, feeling my passion for helping others, and he embraced me for who I am. Snorts and all. (laughs) He didn't care about my corporate job. In fact, he's so supportive of this podcast and you're such a catch. It means the world to me. Now, as opportunities present themselves as the from pod to paper greeting card line grows and gets placed into more stores, as I grow as a host, speaker, influencer, He does get to see me shine career-wise. It may not be the glow-up I envisioned, 
but it'll be better, no doubt. Speaking of glow-ups, I was fortunate enough to share my mentor from my former life in the car business with all of you, Brent Abdullah. I learned so much from this guy. I watched him pivot professionally from working alongside Grant Cardone to doing his own thing. I also watched him pivot personally, going through a divorce and finding love again. For me, this was confirmation that even though we idolize somebody and look up to them, they're human just like us. This was one of the biggest compliments I could have received. You taught me a lot, which we're going to dive into here. You probably don't even realize half the shit you taught me, but well, you, you taught take me a my lot. advice. I'm not <laughs> using it. Okay. <laughs> Stop it. I'm That's kidding. not true. You walk the walk. Lately, I've been crawling the crawl. <laughs> well, whatever. So there's a reason why you're here to turbocharge my butt. Oh, and that's exactly okay. what this is about. This is this is actually a message, a message from God. Is it? Oh, well, I kind of feel that. Like it's already starting off that way. So it's just funny. So you got me into this habit of every single year, like at the end of December, kind of reevaluating the previous year, right? Yeah. We did that. Do you remember that exercise? We talk about the, sure top, the top five on, friends. Sorry. Here's the 2021 compound effect documents. Now they've been in oh. my backpack for quite some time. They need to be resurrected. This is for this year. Okay. Oh. I haven't reviewed them in a long time. And oh, here's my play uh -huh. sheet, coordinated color play sheets. Man, you know that it works when you work it, but guess what? I ain't been working it. So you're my, like I said, my turbocharge. Well, my I turbocharge. Am, I'm thrilled to be your turbocharge because I feel like you turbocharged me. And I really do reflect back on a lot of things that you said often often. So in regards to this though, so every year, right before the new year, I take some time, sit down with myself, quiet my mind. I start thinking about what I was able to accomplish in that year, what I set out to accomplish, where did I make it in terms of those goals? I mean, I'm obviously also touching base with myself more frequently than that, but I definitely take a hard look before the new year and then reevaluate those relationships, right? The five people closest to you, that type of thing, my oh, finances. Yeah. Yeah, you remember all that? So, man, the scary thing is with COVID, I don't have five people I hang out with. I'm like, true. Who? okay, my dog, yeah, my girlfriend. Yeah, Let's see who else. The dry cleaner. <laughs> That's about it. I know it's definitely changed the vibe, but it's also like made us look inward probably more, right? Because we've had more time to like self reflect and, and to quiet our mind and not be as busy. You disagree with me. I see that lip quiver. No, I totally agree with you there. But I think uh, as well, it is also for the untrained mind. Mm. set the freaking hamster wheels in motion big time, even for the trained mind. Right. I mean, my mind can run all the way to Mad Max roaming the hot, roaming the grounds looking for water yeah. and water. Well, you know, future, future, you know, zombie apocalypse. Here we come. What's next? Right, right. So that doesn't, that's not good. No, it's not good. No, but you got to keep your thoughts yeah. in check, which is, which is where I'm going with the mm. statement because, in 2018, I set a goal to get down to a certain weight, okay? And Brent, I am disciplined. I work out. You you know me. Like, I, I know you I, do. Yeah, I'm well, very you're like a loyal. snapping turtle. You, yeah, right, I am. You're, you're in it. I am. And, and every trainer I've ever had, like especially in LA, they always tell me, Aaron, you're my hardest working client. You're my hardest working client, right? So I'm doing the mm -hmm. HIT training. I got the Peloton and I got the Peloton before the Peloton was cool because back then I That's was just like- who you are. I was living that road warrior life that you used to tell me about that I didn't oh, really yeah. understand until 
I was in the thick of it. And so for me, yeah, for me though, I was always on the go. And so when I would get back, I would be so exhausted. I wouldn't be able to like wrap my head around, oh, got to get in the car, drive to the gym, then do the workout and come home. So I was like, what? If I got that bike right in my bedroom and I have to look at it and I'm paying for it, then I'm going to ride it and get that extra cardio in. So I got the Peloton, all this, right? Trying to sleep better. But you know what, Brent? My weight hasn't changed. Yeah, I I, I hear you. You want to know why? Why? Because in my mind, I do something that I wouldn't do to any other friend that I have, to to anybody that I care about, and I do some negative self-talk. Your mind is a dangerous neighborhood, Aaron. Do mm-hmm. not go in there alone. <laughs> and yeah, mm-hmm. so that's why you share, and that's why you have friends, and that's why God keeps therapists in business. People got to get things out. And yeah, that conversation you have with yourself, that conversation I have every day with myself, it, it, it's the most important conversation there is. And once again, you're here today to remind me of that. Everything that you say I taught you, I mean, it, it's just coming right back at me. Then a new series came about called Dear Aaron. I started taking emails I received from avid listeners and responding to them, of course, with their permission. I do change their names to protect their privacy, and I do my best to deliver tangible and practical advice. These emails are also shared on the YSC blog. Then one of my favorite people who I mentioned earlier, Dion McGill, host of Off the Beaten Podcast, joined me. It was so special to do an episode with Dion. We started our podcast about the same time, and he's been a huge supporter of mine, making this journey so much more fun. You're a very nice person. We were kind of in the same place at the same time, both Mm -hmm. kind of starting these podcasts. I didn't even have a website at that time. I think I totally like copied yours. You know (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, so we were kind of in like very similar positions. And yeah, and you were just super, as you always are, you're super personable. And I was very smitten, as I always am when I'm interacting with you. And so that was kind of like, oh, cool. And so, yeah. And here we are. Dan dropped a gem on this episode, Why Not Me? And this mentality is something I'm going to carry with me moving forward in everything I do. Also, think about like how that's a story for so many people on so many levels, right? Professionally, mm-hmm. other aspects of our personal life. Like we are, we get so afraid. And it's funny because I just read something the other day and I was like, I was like, and I, I very often write things down. Like I write them down. I'll think about them. Sometimes I put them on a sticky note, put them on my wall. But it was, it was, I, and I don't remember who the person was who, who was, who posted it or was saying it, but it was just like, just the words, why not me? Right? Mm. Like, why not me? Why can I not be mm. X, Y? You know, and so, like, I'm really, especially this year, now we're kind of merging back in the world. And I feel like so many things have been shaken up in so many ways. So I, I am really trying to adopt a why not me mindset, right? Like, why not me? Why? Perfect example, asking this young lady out. Look, any dude in this city could be dating her. Why not me? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Why not me? <laughs> So as I think back in admiration for what this season symbolizes, all the downloads, all the guests who gave their time to share their voice and their message with me and you, to Jamar who used Dion's mentality, why not me, when he made the most vulnerable move of all time, put himself out there and sent me a voice note and then a video which I'll forever be grateful for, I can't help but get emotional. Do you think I'm in the running for a People's Choice Podcast Award for the category of Best Female Hosted Podcast? To know that soon I will be featured in Podcast Magazine? 
To have the from pod to paper greeting card line in my favorite store in Hermosa Beach, curious? If you're local or visiting, please stop in there. Tell them that I sent you. You won't be disappointed. You guys, I'm doing this. I'm trusting the universe and I'm giving my all. I'm not sure what season three will bring, but I know it will be magical. Obviously, being in a relationship now, I've had to pivot, which you've seen this season, and I'll admit it was a bit messy, but thank you for showing me grace and sticking with me. We're in this together, watching things evolve in real time. Messy is real, and that's been my pledge since day one, to represent myself authentically in every way possible, and to help others embrace their true authentic selves. Because when we do this, we're at our highest vibration, and we're the most attractive. We aren't defined by our relationship status. No longer do I feel shame when I have to click the box next to the word divorce at the doctor's office. Nope, not today. I'm Erin, and just like you're you, and guess what? You're such a catch. Don't you forget it. Thanks, friends, for tuning in. Catch you on Unfiltered or Season 3. Love ya. Love ya.